0: Hi, and thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to our latest National Governors Association School Leadership Hot Topics Podcast. I'm Seth Gerson, Program Director for K-12 Education at NGA, and today I have the immense pleasure to engage in a conversation with two leading experts from the Learning Policy Institute, Jessica Cardachone and Stephanie Levin, on their recent work on strategies for developing and supporting principals and school leaders in states. Today we'll discuss, among other topics, strategies to address high principal turnover, the impact of principal leadership and support on teacher shortages, and ways that states are using the Every Student Succeeds Act to develop and support principals and school leaders. Please note that we recently recorded and released three other webinars and podcasts on school leadership, including with Dr. Jackie Wilson and Governor's Education Policy Advisors and Education State Chiefs from Delaware. Louisiana, and Tennessee. You can find these webinars and podcasts on our NGA Education webpage. We plan to release six more school leadership podcasts over the next month. Please look out for our next podcast with Sarah Rosenberg of New Leaders to be released in the coming week. These podcasts are supported by and in partnership with the Wallace Foundation. The Wallace Foundation works to support principal and school leader preparation, development and support across the country. Their Wallace Knowledge Center has multiple resources, tools, and reports on state strategies for school leadership, including Wallace's new report outlining the impact of effective principal pipelines on student achievement. You can find these resources at wallacefoundation.org or through a direct link on our NGA Education webpage. All right, so we're going to get started on the discussion. If you could introduce yourselves uh, as the panelists and uh, talk a little bit about Learning Policy Institute.
1: Hi, my name is Stephanie Levin. I'm a research manager at Learning Policy Institute.
2: Hi, I'm Jessica Cardishan. I'm the director of federal policy and uh, director of the DC office for the Learning Policy Institute. We are a research and policy organization committed to providing equitable and empowering learning. Uh, We conduct independent high quality research that we hope to put in the hands of advocates and policymakers to create research informed policy at the federal, state, and local level. Uh, We really appreciate the opportunity uh, to to speak with you here at NGA. We focus on a number of issue areas, including early childhood, educator quality, resources and access and deeper learning. And the role of school leadership in not only improving low-performing schools, but in supporting educator quality is something that's critically important. And so we're really excited to be talking about this today.
0: Well, thanks, Stephanie and Jessica. And so let's dive a little bit into the principal and school leader work. Why have you focused on this area, and what has been your primary focus of research?
1: So we've been looking at leadership because um, the research is very clear. Stable leadership matters a lot. After teachers, principals are the most important school-level factor associated with student achievement. And recent studies show that increased principal quality is associated with gains in high school graduation rates and student achievement. Um, So we're looking at school leadership in a number of ways. We just started a recent project where we're focusing on, which is, this recent project is designed to provide a comprehensive understanding of effective principal preparation and professional development. We're also studying how principal preparation and development programs support principals in leading schools that encourage deep student learning and social emotional development. And with the Southern Educational Foundation and the National Equity Project, we're supporting the Racial Equity Leadership Network, which is a fellowship for superintendents and other cabinet-level staff to strengthen their deca- capacity to advance racial equity in their school systems. And finally, we are the research partner for the National Association of Secondary School Principals, um, where we are collaborating with NASSP staff to develop and implement a research agenda to address problems of practice that are important to school leaders. And this work has begun with a focus on principal turnover.
0: Thanks, Stephanie. And one area where we've really seen a number of governors and states working to address is on teacher shortages, and so I'd love to hear a little bit about the research you've seen around principal leadership and support and its impact on teacher shortages and retention, and how states can strengthen principal quality to address teacher shortages and improve teacher retention.
1: Sure. So principal's ability to create positive working conditions and collaborative supporting learning environments plays a critical role in attracting and retaining qualified teachers. Principal leadership and support are among the most important factors in teachers' decisions about whether to stay in a school or in the profession. In fact, the teachers often identify the quality of administrative support as more important to their mobility decision than salaries. And recent data show that teacher turnover rates reach nearly 25% among teachers who strongly disagree that their administrator encourages and acknowledges staff, communicates a clear vision, and generally runs a school well. And that's more than double the attrition rate of teachers who feel their administrators are supportive. Areas in which principals play a central role include salaries and resources for teaching, influence over school culture and collegial relationships, offering time for collaboration among teachers, and decision-making input. Moreover, their talented principals who remain in their schools can be associated with retaining more effective teachers, even when controlling for student and school characteristics.
2: Thank you, Stephanie. I think also principals play a really important role in supporting teacher and leader preparation, so partnerships between K to 12 and Uh, Teacher and leader preparation can support residency programs. And so principals can really play a critical role in those types of partnerships, also in providing induction programs to teachers and identifying those supports early on. And uh, to Stephanie's point, we know that schools that predominantly serve students from low income families, students of color, and other historically underserved students tend to have higher rates of teacher turnover. And so principal stability and quality is particularly important in addressing teacher shortages in under-resourced
0: schools. So both of you mentioned principal turnover in some of your earlier remarks and and that report that came out um, earlier this year with National Association of Secondary School Principals. What were the major findings of of that report?
1: We were able to answer um, three questions. Why do principals leave their jobs? Which principals are least likely to leave? And which schools are more vulnerable to principal turnover? So the research points to five reasons that principals leave their job aside from retirement or dismissal. the first is inadequate preparation and professional development. We see greater principal retention in districts with high quality preparation programs that carefully select and deeply prepare principals for challenging schools where there's access to in-service training, mentoring, and coaching that continue to support and develop principals and collaborations between professional learning programs and school districts. Um, Working conditions also can influence principal's decisions about employment, and this could include access to support, the complexity of the job and amount of time needed to complete all necessary activities, relationships with colleagues, parents, and students, and the disciplinary climate. Um, Salaries matter to principals in choosing new positions and deciding whether to stay, um, and low salaries that do not adequately compensate principals and that are not competitive with other jobs in the area lead to higher rates of principal departure. Also, principals are less likely to leave their positions when they believe they have greater control of their work environment and the ability to make decisions across a range of of issues such as spending, teacher hiring and evaluation, and student discipline. And finally, high-stakes accountability policies can create disincentives for principals to remain in low-performing schools and can influence principals' mobility decisions. We also reviewed the literature on which principals are least likely to leave their roles. Among the principal characteristics most strongly associated with job stability is educational experience, including preparedness for the position as a result of preparation, and also in-service programs and having an advanced degree.
0: Thanks, Stephanie. And Jessica, let's turn to you in terms of the implications of the report for governors and other state policymakers
2: great so there are a lot there's a lot that governors and state policymakers and legislators can do so I'll talk very briefly about five areas the first one is on the pipeline so really thinking about what are their efforts to recruit a diverse leadership workforce and what types of financial support are they providing as well we've seen this also paralleled in addressing teacher shortages is are you making it affordable for those who want to become a school leader to uh, pursue that Uh, also investing in um, different ways that you can uh, support their training um, while many people who go on to become principals are already working at the same time. The second piece which I wanna focus on is around the preparation and experience. As Stephanie noted, that often one of the reasons that we see high leadership turnover is in is inadequate preparation. And so there are a number of ways that you can make the right investments in leadership preparation. So this includes in high quality residency programs, where there are effective partnerships between principal development programs and districts, which typically involve coordination on curriculum, active recruitment of promising teacher leaders, and the provision of authentic learning opportunities. through these types of residencies uh, programs. Another one is structuring programs to support learning in cohorts or networks. It's particularly important for school leaders and teachers to learn amongst a cohort of others um, and kind of share ideas and reflect on their experience. So effective preparation programs frequently structure learning opportunities to be carried out in collaboration amongst small groups of peers. High-quality programs also use problem-based, context-specific opportunities, so if you do have a residency model or some type of clinical experience, ideally in the type of school that you're going to end up serving as a principal, um, so if you are planning on being a high school principal, your residency should probably be in a high school, and so that you can really think about context-specific issues. And it's really um, it's on-the-job training, but also really supported in tying it to the pedagogical strategies and supports as well. Um, The other piece is again a high quality curriculum that's focused on working with leaders to develop the skills needed to improve school-wide instruction, support a collegial teaching and learning environment, and also really importantly how to analyze and act on data, particularly we're going to see as ESSA is being implemented, there are a number of statewide accountability and improvement systems that are providing a lot of data, and so how to use it to make decisions about how you allocate resources, which staff need additional supports in which areas or which students need support in different areas. Being comfortable with data and how to respond to it is important. And then the last three areas where state policymakers have a lot of influences on licensure requirements. So making sure that how we're expecting leader candidates to demonstrate their learning and their licensure is aligned with their expectations uh, in the profession. The other is then how they're supporting principals once they're in the school, um, particularly in those uh, those first number of years. So ensuring that principals have autonomy over certain decision-making, whether it's scheduling, how to use some of their resources. So that kind of built-in flexibility combined with, of course, the training on how to use that flexibility, but principal autonomy, the, the amount of times we have principals saying, if I could do this, it would make a difference, but policies do not give them the flexibility to do that. And then finally, resource equity. Often principals have to make tough decisions because they don't have sufficient resources. And so for principals, they often know what they need to provide their teachers and their students, but don't have the resources. So as states think about their school funding formulas and how they allocate resources, knowing that those are particularly important for a number of reasons, but to giving principals the flexibility of not having to always choose what program to cut but rather making sure that they can make the decisions they want to do and are not being held back by limited resources.
0: Well, that's great uh, really provides a concise overview of some of those opportunities and you mentioned ESSA sticking with you Jessica just on the opportunity of ESSA the Every Student Succeeds Act where are there opportunities to develop and support principals and school leaders and how have you seen states particularly use that 3% that's in the law for school leadership in particularly innovative ways
2: great it's um we were really pleased you know a lot of um states are really taking uh, advantage of the option to use a set aside from their professional development funds to target leadership development. They can also use funds under Title I for school improvement. They can also use funds under Title IV around student and staff surveys to really give them information on school climate and and areas of need. But in Title II, we've seen a number of states, and I'll highlight a few, that are really not only focusing on leadership development, but are also really focusing on leadership development for leaders who are going into schools that are identified for comprehensive support and intervention or targeted support and intervention, realizing that there's a different set of skills that they need to be prepared with. And we were also looking not just which states are using the set aside, but which of them are using them to advance evidence-based practices. So Massachusetts is investing in the development of principals, instructional leadership skills, including deepening their understanding of curriculum and standards. And so they really want to strengthen um, the quality of school leadership in three ident- targeted ways that they've identified. So observing classroom practice, um, which Stephanie had mentioned earlier, analyzing measures of student learning and teacher effectiveness and providing timely and high impact feedback to their faculty. So again, if we're using teacher evaluation systems, how are principals using them in ways to inform their supports for staff? They plan to expand, use the funds to plan to expand the pipeline of principals able to transform high-need schools. So they are planning on increasing the state's capacity for effective intervention and sustainable improvement in their lowest performing schools and districts by working to build like a cadre of experienced principals prepared to serve in these identified schools. Michigan is also um, focusing on an evidence-based intervention on uh, supporting the construction and implementation of context-specific residency-based preparation programs for principals and high-needs districts. Um, this commitment to clinical training is in response to certain districts, particularly those serving large populations of students of color and from low income families, experiencing significant challenges in recruiting and retaining school leaders. This funding can be used for a variety of partnership related activities, including identifying and training mentor leaders, paying mentor stipends, going back to kind of the affordability or the cost piece aligning and improving coursework with district needs so again what principals are learning in their preparation is actually aligned with the needs of the districts they're going to work in and they're also continuously improving programs so getting a sense of kind of the success of their principals and using that information to inform their practice and they provide full year residencies to pre-service educators Uh, moving to north dakota we always like to look at a variety of states Um, they are creating a multi-tiered leadership academy, again, to develop principals as effective leaders. One way that they are doing this is to ensure that principals have the resources they need to be effective leaders. So, again, giving them additional resources to support their work. And they're really focused on rural. I mean, most, most of North Dakota is rural, but we've also seen a number of states kind of targeting uh programs that support leadership in rural communities. Um, Tennessee is also using their leadership set aside to support a leadership residency program, again, focused on high needs districts. The programs underwrite the cost of training of teachers, uh, teacher residencies and leadership residencies for a full year while candidates complete coursework that's tightly integrated with their residency pl- placement. In exchange for this financial support, candidates typically commit to serving in the district for a set period of years. Um, they also use set aside funds uh, to create leadership, uh, to create a statewide and regional leadership program. So again, how do you connect school leaders with school leaders in other regions of the state to share best practices? Sim- similarly with educators, we often they often get their best ideas from other educators and so do you Uh, providing professional learning communities for principals as well, so that they can share research-based best practices. Um, And then finally, um, Vermont has established um, a Vermont Leaders Professional Learning Academy Institute, targeted again to leaders in schools identified for improvement, and they are using data from their statewide systems to identify kind of the areas of focus and professional learning for principals and school leaders, so identifying Uh, areas that they are struggling with and then targeting the support for them. And they also are using funds to develop outcome-oriented performance metrics. So it's really important for principals to know what their goals, to set goals. And not only just for their own, have their own performance, but how to set goals for their school and for their educators and how to measure progress towards them and then have the skills that they need to allocate their resources as needed to meet them. So we're really pleased, and that's just a handful. Um, I could go on, but I will not, but we're really pleased to see the number of states that are taking advantage of this funding. And we also know that there are number of states doing this work separate um, from their uh, their efforts under ASSA.
0: So Jessica, you mentioned comprehensive support and targeted support and intervention classifications under ESSA. Um, What's some general context of what those classifications are?
2: Right, so under ESSA, states are required to identify their lowest performing 5% of schools, so comprehensive support and intervention schools, and then schools with significant gaps in achievement amongst subgroups of students, so they're targeted support and intervention schools, as well as any high school with a graduation rate at or below 67%. So depending on the state, this could be anywhere from five you know, to 15% of your schools that are identified as schools that need significant assistance and support. And so we're seeing a lot of states targeting their resources to that schools. However, the other 85% of schools might be struggling on in different areas as well. So really thinking about kind of tiered interventions depending on the need.
0: Thanks, Jessica. That's going to be really helpful for our governor's education policy advisors. They're always asking for specific state models that they can use and take up. So for you to be able to look across the country and provide those state models is really very helpful. So turning to uh, Stephanie and then Jessica, where do you see LPIs work heading next, what are you most excited about of the work in this area?
1: We plan to dig deeper on possible turnover to build a better understanding of the implications of turnover, the factors that influence turnover, and the strategies that best address turnover. So going forward, we'll explore the role of working conditions and opportunities for professional learning. Um, We also plan to look at how school context and district and school policies influence principal mobility. We're also really excited about our work on the principal pipeline, including the preparation and ongoing professional development of school leaders.
2: Thank you, Stephanie. That I'll add to that is all our research. Um, we our goal is to translate it into actionable policy, particularly for your audience, so that they know what to do with this research. So we're really excited about thinking of the implications of this research on federal policy uh, and federal investments in teacher and leader preparation and support, but then also how to inform state policies as well. And just to go back to your point earlier, Seth, I will do a plug for where all of our research can be found, just because one of our reports that highlights different states that are doing this can be found. So for access to LPIs research, go to learningpolicyinstitute.org or follow us on Twitter at lpi-learning. All of our reports really do try and include state examples or local examples because, to your point, people want to know who else is doing this and doing it well, and then how can I do this in my state or in my district but in ways that are contextualized to meet our needs.
0: Thanks, Jessica and Stephanie, for the great conversation and insights. Listeners, please note that all reports and resources discussed during the podcast will also be attached to the recording. Please look out for our next podcast with Sarah Rosenberg, of new leaders and visit the NGA education webpage for this and future podcasts until next time. Thanks for listening and have a great day.